Hello there. Welcome to Outside Perspective with me, Adam Meredith. Let's get this week started. It's Monday. How you feeling? How you doing? You doing alright? Everything good? Everything alright? Ready to own the week? Anyway, if you're anything like me, I wake up, it's like, stretch, you know, uh, yeah, get all those creaks and cracks my body's my body is usually a little sore so what do i do i like to use uh cbd for my friends over at jumbo superfoods they make a muscle bomb which is great i use it on all my joints my elbows my knees my ankles my hands um it has anti-inflammatory properties so it helps with all the inflammation within those joints it can help loosen those up help with pain relief it's amazing i also love their cinnamon spray, their CBD spray. I like to put that into my coffee. It has such a calming effect, um, but it does also heighten mood. So it is very, uh, it's, it's just, it, they use high quality ingredients. It's just a very beneficial product that I love and I have a part of my daily routine. So uh, CBD has been shown to uh, aid, again, it helps with inflammation. It can aid in um Seizures, it's been shown to help with people with epilepsy, has neuroprotective properties. The benefits are numerous. So if you are in the market, if you'd like to try it out, use the link in the show notes. It helps out the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but do yourself a favor as well and then check out these awesome products. They use top-of-the-line ingredients. Uh, this is the the healthiest uh, these are the healthiest products that you're going to find. They make amazing products. I actually had one of the guys, Kyle Brown, on the podcast. You can find him on episode six. That was an awesome one. Uh, so, yeah, check them out, guys. Moving on. If you're listening to the podcast, hopefully you're subscribed. If you're not, do me a favor. Go back through, search for the podcast like you were for the very first time. Hit that subscribe button. Also, rate the podcast, leave a review. I appreciate all those things. Now for today's guest, I have Brittany Cloudy. She goes by the quiet storm whenever she's in the cage. Brittany's a fascinating individual. She's a professional women's MMA fighter. Uh, she's very high-level uh, amateur. Uh, as an amateur, she and we'll talk about all this. I probably shouldn't give away her whole story, but just a high-level athlete in college, uh, transition to fighting, but she's also a school teacher. She teaches first grade. Like, fi- there's just so much complexity there. Um, and she's getting her master's degree uh, for counseling. So, had a great time talking to her. I think you will enjoy this one. So, here we go. Your soft voice is calming. I can see that. <clears throat> I guess you know, that person's kind of like used to. I mean, you, how you respond to certain people's voices. Like if you're frustrated or angry or feeling a certain way, if a person has a kind of voice that may annoy you or make you feel, I don't know how to explain it really. A certain type of way. Yeah. Man, you're gonna chew that gum. Yes. I don't know if that's a good idea. You don't think so? You're going to have gum in your mouth. You're going to be chewing gum. 
right right into a microphone. That's what it's going to sound like. Man, that would drive people crazy. Okay. No, I'm going to shoot again. Come on, Brittany. we got to be courteous of the listeners. Mm-hmm. got to be courteous of the listeners. I just go through listeners. my usual routine when I eat. What's your normal routine? When I eat something, I chew gum to get the crap out of my teeth. Oh. And then that's mostly the reason why I do it. And then, you know, do you think that's bullshit that they say four out of five dentists recommend that, recommend gum? I think it's bullshit. I don't even trust dentists, to be honest with you. <laughs> They're like meteorologists. Only have to be 50% accurate at the time. I think that dentists are just constantly trying to add services and make you pay for shit. That's very true because when I went to the dentist a little while ago, I just really just wanted to get a bridge. And next thing you know, I walked out of there with Invisalign and a whole bunch of other What stuff. the fuck? Like, convinced me that my teeth needed those. to, like needed to realign my teeth a little bit so that they can stay in place and then yeah I, yeah every time i go for a cleaning well if you like switch dentists they won't just like transfer your records they'll be like oh we got to do all new everything it's like i don't understand why can't you just use the records that this last place used it doesn't make sense right. it's like it's like they're always trying to charge you for mm-hmm. services I mean, it's a business. How can we add on more features to our business? Fucking dentists. Mm -hmm. I can't trust them. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, they keep calling me and sending me notifications saying that a new appointment has opened up. Call now to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Here, move that up just a little bit closer to your mouth for me. Yeah. We got to hear you. Folks need to hear you, Brittany. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just weird kind of have this right there next to my mouth. Yeah. You get used to it, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably, I think it's more weird to have, like, the headphones on and to, like, hear your voice, because then, like, you're, like, at least me, like, in the beginning, like, I'm, like, self-regulating for what I hear, or, like, maybe I'm just being self-conscious of, like, what I sound like. Yeah, no one really likes listening to their own voice. It makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. It makes me fucking cringe. Hmm. So, Brittany, I want to talk to you first about fighting, because... That's a very interesting part of your life, considering that you are a teacher and you're going to school now to be like a full-time counselor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you've been an athlete your entire life, right? That's. I want to know your story. I don't know your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, being an athlete has like always been a part of my life mm-hmm. and everything else has kind of just gone with it as like peanut butter and jelly in a sense. Yeah. Um, I went to Marquette, so I was in, like, Rockwood, and so after Marquette... Um, That's a nice high school. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a part of, like, the DSEG program, so I live in the city, though, of St. Louis, so... What's the DSEG program? Explain that to folks. Um, it's, like, where they um, select... Well, they have um, students from the inner city go to um, like suburban to, schools. Right, like, out like, to the county. Yeah, so we'll have a nice long bus rides from the city to the county oh, um, that was part of that program. They no longer have it anymore, though. Um, really? Yeah. I really thought it was a great thing. Um, for me, it's really, it definitely, I feel like it has definitely impacted my whole life. Right. You know, the track of where I would have went had I not have gone, like, to, you know, a school out in Rockwood. Yeah, because they're, I mean, Marquette, like, they have a really nice campus. They have, like, a ton of athletic programs. I didn't know that high schools even offered swimming until I think we had a wrestling tournament there in high school, mm-hmm. and I saw their pool. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is a thing? Like, we didn't have that in Jeff City. Yeah. That's interesting. When did they stop doing that program? Do you know? Mm, I want to say 
it was probably within five years after five years after I got out. Like I was in the way. I don't know exactly the year. But so it was a little while after I got out. Cause pretty my, recent though. Yeah, because my brothers, my brothers went there too, and they they went through the program too. But then like after that. Yeah. When did they graduate? When was your so your youngest brother went through it? Mm-hmm. When did he graduate? Like twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So within the last five years, they've ended this program. Mm-hmm. Wow. I wonder why. Do you know why? Mm. What would you guess? Well, I would say one funding. And I think I remember vaguely, like, um, some issues with one of the districts uh, with surrounding students coming from the city into their district. And I feel like it was just a lot of people didn't want Just push back anymore. one of those kids coming, mm-hmm. like, into the... Yeah. It's like, we moved away from that area. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we trying to blend it now? Right. Hmm. The piece of integration. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So you went there. Yeah. You were a track athlete. Yeah, but before track, really, I played basketball. Oh, for real? Yeah, really I played basketball good? since I was like nine. I was, right. I was gonna be in the WNBA. That was that was the, that move? Was the first dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When did you switch? Um, I mean, I played basketball and then I did track as well in you high did school. Them both, and then is that mm-hmm. just a scholarship that you got? Yeah, I kind of chose um, to go with track oh, instead okay. of basketball when I went to college. Um. I feel like I didn't have a lot of knowledge in high school about like college and um, exactly what would be the most beneficial thing for me. So I kind of just went on what I knew best, you know, what I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So like I got tons of letters from like schools all over the U.S. I even remember like these Ivy League schools and I'm like, what? I was like, I'm never going to be able to get into these schools like Princeton and stuff. But like I got track letters. Mm-hmm. So I never really received much from basketball. Um, so I just thought, well, I'm getting stuff from track. Maybe I should do track, and it's an individual sport. So I know that I feel like I had a better chance of always competing versus basketball and maybe riding a bench or something. Like I was like, what's my optimal chance of actually competing? Yeah. And so. Hmm. That's a tough time in life to make decisions. Yeah. I didn't have any guidance, like kind of going into college. Like my parents, they didn't go to college, and they didn't really know the whole process. And you don't like know you don't know anything like you said like you don't really know what the best thing to do is, yeah. so you just end up choosing something. Yeah, the same thing. My parents didn't know much about. They didn't go to college, so yeah, it was just pretty much me th- deciding what I was gonna do. Yeah, fuck, man, isn't that that's like the worst thing you could do, is let an eighteen-year-old make a decision like that and they don't know anything really. Yeah, man. So a little bitter yeah. about it. As I say, like so. <laughs> so, what would you have done different? You think? Oh man, I would have went to a school that was that would have paid for all of my college. Yeah, you took a partial scholarship. You know, I really didn't even have scholarship until like my junior year. Oh really? Of college. So why'd you go? You where'd you go? I went to SLU. SLU. Mm-hmm. Why'd you go to SLU? Just because it was home. Well, originally I was gonna go to Missouri State. Um, and I did receive some scholarship from them. And then when I got my um, slew, like, financial aid packet, like, they pretty much covered it all. But so in my little 18-year-old mind was like, oh, I guess they offer me these loans and all of that will cover school. And I yeah. get to stay in St. Louis. Oh, you're like, yeah, this is the dream, huh? Yeah. And Ooh, those fucking loans, man. Yeah, but did I really think about the weight of loans at that time? No, obviously not. Nope. Because 
And then SLU is so expensive. That's a very expensive university. Yeah. So all of that piles up, and then I'm like, I got a Great Lakes calling me and stuff. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I could have went to SIUE, so Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville. Yeah. And um, I could have went there for a full ride on wrestling, and I took a partial scholarship to Lindenwood because they had like they had a major I wanted I wanted to do athletic training and move into physical therapy I'm doing neither one of those things yeah I ended up getting like a business degree but it's like it's like that was just a bad move and now that I look back on it I probably would have waited to go to school they make you feel like you have to go right into college and if you don't you're a fucking loser and you'll never make it in life right as if that time off in between is really going to hinder you right it's really not. If if anything, I think it helps you, yeah, to gain some life experience and then to go to college. Like once you have a better like understanding of like who you are and what you actually like, what you're actually interested in and what you want to do, yeah. um, it's easier to focus. Yeah, so you can save that time from going or trying to decide what you even want to go for, and then have all that time switching majors and whatnot and getting all broke and shit. Mm-hmm. What did you study in undergrad? Um, well, I always wanted to do education, but I started off as secondary education and I was going to do like secondary math because I really like math, teaching math because I did a cadet teaching class in high school. And then, um, slowly I realized that once I got to calculus, I was like, "Mm, I don't think I want to teach this. (laughs) So (laughs) then, but I was also really interested in psychology and I was like, well, I would like to teach psychology, but that's in the like social studies or department, but it's like, you would have to teach all the social studies and mm-hmm. before you really teach psychology. So I went through that, and then eventually I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I had to kind of refigure it out, and then I ended up thinking about, well, where can I have the most impact? And so then I chose elementary because I was like, well, high schoolers are kind of like already in their ways, you know? So I was like, well, what about the young ones? They're the most, you know, moldable at the time. And That's true. So I chose to say, and then I get to choose every, uh, teach everything, as in elementary, so I ended up switching mm-hmm. to that and got my degree in elementary education. Right. I imagine your your calm demeanor and voice helps with the little kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hear a lot of people. I mean, and it also kind of goes with my fight name, right? The Quiet Storm. The Quiet Storm. I heard people say that you're so quiet but very firm and like. I was like, I guess so. Hey, hey, no time to fuck around. I don't know if I'd have the patience for little kids teaching kids jujitsu. Um, has been a very, uh, it's been a big learning experience for me. Like my jujitsu has gotten a thousand times better, Yeah. but like, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty patient person, but, uh, I, ne- I'd never really thought about all the personalities that you come across, like in little human beings. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's like you have the entire gamut that you would see just in any adult, but there's just, just this little miniature human being and they're just like that too it's fucking weird yeah you see who they're gonna like you see their personality as an adult yeah you can see like oh i know what you're gonna be like when you're older i can see it Mm -hmm. yeah i try not to like judge them and put them in buckets but it's just like man these kids are something else yeah i mean there's some parts of you that's just always gonna be you like i look at my students i'm like i can't wait to see you as an adult (laughs) it's funny you know yeah yeah, yeah, you're touching a lot of kids' lives. You ever thought about that impact? Yeah, I wondered, um, you know, because I think about, like, 
what I remember from my first, my elementary school teachers, and I wonder, like, what will they remember about me when they get older, you know? Yeah. So I wonder that, you know, different kids will take different things from you. So right. I will never know one day in the future I'll meet one of my old students and they'll... That'd be interesting. I know. Yeah, which ones will and which ones won't remember you? I don't remember my first grade teacher. I think I do, but no, not really. Mm-hmm. There's just too much information. Yeah. Too much information. Exactly. But uh, do you remember many of your students? Because you have a lot of students. So I think I think the odds of them remembering you is a lot higher than you remembering them. Yeah. I feel like it's fresh in my mind now because I've only, this is like my fifth year of teaching. So yeah, I remember most of my students. As, as you continue to add classes of classes, then those first years are, yeah. might start to trail off it in my mind. Start to trail off, man. But, yeah, well, I I kind of got off subject there for a second because we were talking we were talking about fighting and athletics, and then we Uh-oh. went to to teaching. We'll get to that though. But so you were killing it in track in college, yeah. right? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What did you? I don't like because I know that you were inducted into their Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. So what did you do? Um, I did a long and triple jump. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I had both of the records for long and triple jump. For there. the school? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And I guess the biggest thing is like every year for conference, we were in the A-10 uh, conference. And I won conference and the triple jump every year. Mm. Uh-huh. So indoor and out. So I was like A-time indoor champ for the triple. What made you transition into MMA and not just like stick down the path of like trying to move on with track? You yeah. know what I mean? Like some people do that. Yeah, well, when I got out of college, I did continue training um, in track for a couple years. Like, okay. as a post-collegiate, I traveled and I, you know, competed at track meets and everything. Oh, so you did all that. You did that, correct? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I've been doing this for a while. Shit. And, um... That's gotta be a hell of a grind. Yeah, and then fresh out, I mean, I was teaching, too, so... Um, so I was teaching full-time and then going and hitting the track and doing workouts and whatnot. Um, I started training, um... With the SIUE jumps coach, okay. uh, Alien. Um, I met him at a meet, and um, his wife. Uh, used to, she she did the triple jump too, so I like trained under him with her. Nice. And um, I really enjoyed that time. I felt like I really made a lot of progress with them during that period of time. Um, it was that last meet in Mizzou. My lab that was my last competition. It was like eighty degrees, and it was like perfect and I was running well and I was jumping well and in my last jump I like uh, strained my hamstring oh, shit. and um so I was like uh, and it was just like I had like I had jumped really far like my sophomore year at jerk relays and at college and since then I've like jumped well but been very inconsistent on the board so I hadn't gotten back to like that jump I jumped like 1270 and so I finally got back to 1270 with him, and then I was, like, jumping beyond 1270. And it's like, now I was reaching, you know, we were within the window for the Olympic trials. And um, so I was, like, really close. I Like, yeah. if all I needed was one really good jump, and I was going to be at the trials. No, I don't understand the measurements. What's 1270? 1270 is uh, 41.8, 41 feet 8 inches. Okay, and so like, do they measure that whole thing in inches? Is that how that works? Well, they use meters. Oh, so it's all meters? But you convert it to you know feet and inches but okay th- yeah in college they they do it in meters so it's 12 7 is that 12 meters 12.7 meters mm-hmm. is that what that is yeah oh okay okay 
It's so weird that we don't use the metric system yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. Extremely inconvenient. Yeah. The rest of the world does it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, you were jumping well. You had your last meet. Pulled your hamstring. Just decided that was it. Well, that uh, also accompanied the fact that then he got a sweet job at Mizzou. He's coaching at Mizzou now. Oh, is he? And so, yeah. Oh, so, he okay. moved away. And it was kind of like, I was already, like, just coming out of it and feeling tired of, like, that working towards something and not really getting there and then that injury yeah. and then him leaving. I was like, all right. Just kind of like a natural close to that chapter. Yeah, it was like, all right. Now, I mean, I could have, if the situation was different, like the problem with staying here in St. Louis and the whole problem with like going with going to SLU is that we didn't have any indoor facilities for track. Oh, yeah. Really? So like you can train when the weather's nice and then when those winter months hits it sucks and do they jumping wise it was never like we always missed that chunk of like good training during the winter because there's no indoor facilities right yeah you see that with with sports um like golf where the golfers who live in like warm weather climates they just do better yeah because they're able to train more Mm-hmm. So I guess I, did, I imagine it's the same thing with, with track athletes. You probably see a lot of those schools, like, uh, down in the south or on the coast. Like, mm-hmm. they probably do great at track. Yeah. Just because they can, they have a longer training season. Definitely. I was even considering moving to Texas. Like, I was yeah. I was ready to go somewhere warm. Like, man, I need to go somewhere where I can actually train year-round or yeah. they have, indoor, you know, indoor facilities. So, Texas would be good. I yeah. like that place. Originally in high school, one of um, – I mean, his name was Terry Harris. He was like, you need to go to Texas. There was one person who was like in my ear about um, where to go for college. Yeah. And I was like, Texas. Man. I didn't know anything about anywhere. I was like, and then I was like, Nebraska. And he was like, Cornfield's there. And I just slow, it's like small-minded St. Louis brain, you know. And in retrospect, it's like, Nebraska is a legit track team. Yeah, there's a, I graduated with a girl, um, she was a triple jumper, she was like a national champ and whatnot, mm-hmm. and she went to Nebraska and had a really good career there. Yeah. It's a good school. Yeah. Good school. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's the problem when you're young like that, and um, if you haven't had the opportunity, like me growing up, I didn't really have the opportunity to like travel a lot. The first time I actually left the state of Missouri that I can remember was, um, I think uh, the summer before my junior year, and we went to Nebraska, mm-hmm. of all places, <laughs> for a wrestling camp. I never traveled or did anything, so I had, like, a very limited scope of, like, the possibilities and, like, mm-hmm. the like what is all out there. Right. Right. So it was just, like, now it's, like, I see all these places, and then, well, traveling and with SLU and, and then going to these other places and seeing other programs, I'm like, dang. They are good in Nebraska. Or Texas is like Texas is a big school, and they are really good. Like, Texas is huge. Yeah, and Austin is dope. Yeah, you and know. then we went there to Austin. I was like, man, this is so nice. I wasn't twenty one yet. Was I twenty one? I had to have been twenty one, but you know, I was like, oh man, they have like all these bars and holy shit, you're everyone's down to in the street. street. Yeah, yeah. you're telling me about yeah. Sixth Street. Yeah, I man. was like, this is St. Louis is like, oh, and then you got all of this, and it's like, yeah, like, man. Like the closest thing we might even have remotely to that is like maybe go down to the landing. That's like one block long. It's the yeah. smallest little street. Yeah, but people aren't even out anymore. I feel like no. every time I go down there, it's not the same. No, I had went to. Uh, 
a blues fest. There's a blues fest on there recently. We mm-hmm. went to that. There's some people out there, but um, it just wasn't all that. Yeah. You can just go to Sixth Street on just any given Friday, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, have a much better time. Last time I was down there, um, a football game had just gotten out. So there were a crazy amount of people on 6th Street. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That was fun, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys did a lot of things that you weren't supposed to do. <laughs> we wasn't actually out that long. I like, real funny enough, like I never really drank until like after college. Oh, really? Yeah, so... I didn't pick up any freshman 15 or anything like that. Yeah, you're focused. Yeah, I was just training. and. It's a good athlete, right? Yeah. Trying to stay the course. Trying. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. Well, yeah, because you are an amazing athlete, and it's it's evident, like, whenever you fight. Like, um, you, you're just much longer. You have a much longer reach than a lot of these girls, and you use it well, but uh, you have good hips. Like, you have good good power. It's easy mm-hmm. to see. Um so what was the transition into fighting for you? Well, like, it's, I guess, um, while I was in my post-collegiate years, you know, um, that's when I met, met Charles. And oh, so, so you guys met after college, right? Yeah, I was still, like, he was still running. And he, he went to SEMO and he was running. I met him at a track meet. And then I, like, met him a little later after that. And then that's how we, like, connected. And then when he was done with his track career, he... Cause he was already kind of back and forth into MMA, boxing, and track. Mm-hmm. So when he was finished with track and he started getting back into fighting, so then there I am, like you know, going to his fights and yeah, listening to him tell me about arm bars and all this stuff. And I'm like just watching. At first it was like, oh, it was very gruesome. And then, you know, been around the sport, I started learning more. Then I was like, so then when it all came to an end for me, I was like. I want to try that. Yeah. You know? So it was like, here it goes. Just I went from one thing to another. Just chasing the next dream. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it it was like right there. And I was like, well, why not? I never like thought like I was going to like go and be a fighter or anything. I was just like, that looks, that looks interesting. I want to try it. It's a lot of technique. And I, I'm a person who likes technique. Um, mm-hmm. Cause then like in triple jump, it's like all about perfect, like form and, technique and so i learned that there was all these techniques and it's like not just like basketball you practice your free throws you you dribble and it's like once you get those things down you know there's it just it's not as many layers i feel like jujitsu i was like learning that there's like layers upon layers to things so many layers yeah it's fucking crazy so that sucked me into that and so after i was done with that then i started you know trying out jujitsu and boxing and whatnot and then just the rest of history just kind of been taken off from there. Yeah. Took to it like water. Yeah. I remember when you joined the gym. Because I remember watching Charles. So for the folks listening, we're talking about Charles Energy Johnson. I probably have him on the podcast. I probably <laughs> should. Um, and um, I remember like, yeah, he was he was still doing track and traveling back and forth between SEMO and here in St. Louis. And I'm like, I guess whenever he, when he was on break, he was up here and he would train with us here and there. And then... Um, yeah, then he was just here full time, and uh, and then like you just kind of like popped up out of nowhere, <laughs> and then uh, you just started wrecking fools. You were wrecking girls. Are you pro yet? Yeah. You are pro now, right? Mm-hmm. How many pro fights have you had? Just one. Just the one. Was that for Invicta? Yeah. Do you foresee yourself still fighting for them? Yeah, I mean, is that I- the goal? Is, is, is Invicta the goal 
for women. I mean, I know like, the UFC obviously has a women's division now. Yeah. But Invicta seems to take care of their fighters really well. Yeah. Um, well, I have three more fights with them. Um, but, I mean, obviously I want to go to the top. You right. Know? So um, I'm happy to be with Invicta. And this, this is a really great thing to start my pro career with them, you know. Yeah. So that's a it's an amazing opportunity. And I just... Um, want to make sure that every fight that I have with them is better than the last. Right. You know, and take it as far as I can go. And I mean, I'm seeing females who are, you know, on Invicta or just in the weight class period. And it's just like, all right, they're in the UFC now and, you know, they're doing well. It's and very it's like, motivate, mo- motivating. Yeah. You can see the movement of fighters and then um, think about myself and what I know that I have and I possess and I just know that um I've been an athlete all my life and it's like there's times the charm I'm thinking yeah it's <laughs> come from sports like went to basketball <laughs> track all right this has to be like, it this right? has to be it <laughs> this is gonna be it you know but then it's like you know whatever you really put your mind to and you you stay committed to it you you know you'll be successful you'll get to where you want to go that's true yeah I think I think in this sport it it comes to like who's grinding the most even if you lose like there's people who lose and they still keep going and then they eventually make it to where they Mm want to be so it's just a matter of like not giving up really it really is because so many fighters let a loss derail them i've been guilty of that in my past just like you you take a hard loss and it's like instead of getting right back to training you take three months and it's like fuck man now i'm just like all fat and out of shape and (laughs) now you're trying to get back into it it's like now you got to start all over you got to get back into shape just to get even like remotely to a place to where you can start like developing your skills again yeah yeah that's a vicious cycle it's a hell of a grind but you're used to the grind right yeah but that's kind of like where i am now like uh with all this other the the other things that i have going on right now so like i'm went back to work after my fight and I didn't want to, like, I, I wanted to get adjusted into work because the beginning of the school year is kind of, like, a lot. It's a hectic time. Yeah, and then since um, I'm finishing up my master's and then I'm doing my internship, so I'm, like, seeing clients and things outside of work. So then, like, that's taken away from, like, the time to train. So I'm, like, in this period of, like, oh, really, I want to – I wanted some time off and I took that, but now it's, like, I want to get back in the gym, but I still have to, like – you yeah. know, finish this obligation that I know I, I really want to, I really need to finish. Mm-hmm. So, but that mindset of like, man, I've been out of the gym and trying to go back and to feel it. And you're like, you're going to have to make up everything that you lost before you can like, you know, really get back into it. So, but it's like, you know, a mental thing. And it's, it's a lot of it's mental because you see some people take off like long, like real long layoffs and they come back just looking great. Um, I think a lot of it is definitely mental, but it's it's very mentally taxing to uh, to like not be training and then like you just you just think about that. You're just like, yeah. oh fuck, man! Like it's a yeah. yeah, just really it can be like it can just really wear on you. Yeah, I use it as like a, a mental wellness time, you know, because when you're grinding so much and you're training all the time. We, like, exhaust our bodies, but we're not really also thinking about, like, the toll it takes on us mentally, the mm-hmm. stress and that, that fatigue. And sometimes you need to rest and heal and allow your mind to, you know, rejuvenate. That's and true, too. So sometimes the rest is necessary. 
I agree. I agree. It's very mentally taxing once you actually sign a, a fight contract. Yeah. Do you obsess over your opponents? No, not really. No? No. Um, less and less each time I fight because it really has nothing to do with them, really. Right. Is what I'm learning is that it has everything to do with me. Right. if I spend all my time obsessing about what they're going to do and I'm not thinking about me and what I'm going to do, then, like, they've already won in a sense, you know? Because um, just through the experience of, like, fighting people who have, like, names behind them and, like, you know, all this expertise. Like, when I fought uh, Luana, who was, like, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you know, or even my last opponent, they were, like, talking about how good she was in jiu-jitsu. But then, like, I didn't give myself credit for, like, who I train with and where I am. And, like, okay, so I may not be, like, a purple or black belt, but man, do I get myself into some crappy situations in training where I still am a survivor. And so, like, getting into those fights, and I'm like, oh, she didn't submit me. You know, like, I still did what I know know what I knew how to do. So, like, obsessing about their strong points really wouldn't get me anywhere because I really should just focus on what I do have and my attributes and how I'm going to win the fight. Self-belief is very important to have. Yeah. Yeah, it can definitely um, erode if you start giving the other person too much respect. Yeah. Yeah, that can definitely be a problem. That can definitely... But you have plenty of time. You're young. How old are you? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm 28. Yeah, see, 28. That's so... Oh, my goodness. You still have time? You still have time? I just got tired of getting punched in the head. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. I worry about my brain too much. Yeah. That's the problem. I just always worry about my brain. So now I'm always just like focused on like how can I like make it the best it can possibly be? Like what can I possibly like put into my diet or what can I do differently to just make my brain that much better? Yeah. Constantly. Your brain is the most important part. So that's like the. It's pretty important. The, the, that The gamble that you play with there. Yeah. Yeah. That and your stomach. Your stomach's super important too. Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> no. So like eighty percent of our um, serotonin is produced in our stomach. It's produced in our gut. So literally, the way we feel is produced in our stomach. So like the food that we eat and everything that we ingest is going to have a direct impact on like how we feel and, and like interact with this world. So stomach's pretty important too. I mean, I definitely believe that. I mean. They say you are what you eat, too. And if you eat a whole bunch of crappy foods, you kind of feel crappy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I also heard, like, you are what you eat, ate, meaning, like, whatever you're eating, whatever they ate yeah. also affects you. So, like, if you're eating beef and it's eating all shit food that it's not supposed to be eating, like, it's not grass-fed or grass-finished, Yeah. then uh, that's going to have an impact on you as well. Yeah. Definitely appreciate this time where your the access to the knowledge of like healthy foods and healthy ways to like be is definitely a game changer like you know people are more health conscious and really considering and thinking about what they put in their body and what they eat you know yeah we're learning a lot it's, it's uh it's an interesting time to be alive it's an interesting time to be alive pretty yeah. cloudy mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so okay you're uh you're you're finishing up your master's because you want to be a counselor. And we were talking at the gym the other day, and I thought maybe 
since you're a teacher, then just the natural progression would be like you're going to counsel kids. But that may not be the case for you, right? No. <laughs> what are you thinking with that? Um, I was thinking more so like I wanted to be able to. I mean, I'm not against counseling kids, um, but I do have like desires of like I needed a little break, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I spend all my tight days talking with kids that it is nice to just have a adult conversation. Right. And um, because then I feel like I can be more authentic within myself and speak how I like to speak. Like I can't. I like to talk in metaphors and analogies and stuff. And sometimes, the, most of the times, the kids don't get it. Way over their head. Or I'm sarcastic or something. So, um, the thing is, like with like careers and work, I want to do something to where I feel like I can just really be me, and not you know because that's where i feel like that's where you get the most enjoyment out of your life is if you're doing something that you actually love and that you actually get to be yourself instead of feeling like you kind of have to put yourself in this professional box of of a persona that you're trying to be yeah 100 percent. i mm-hmm. cannot agree with that statement any fucking more because yeah. i've done the whole like corporate path and Man, that's just so miserable. Like, I left the corporate world. I cannot go back. I can't do it anymore. I'm officially, like, unemployable to the corporate world because it's just, like, nobody's really themselves. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's putting on this persona or, like, they're speaking in ways that they wouldn't naturally speak just because it's like, well, this is the agreed-upon way that we're going to speak now. Like, we're going (laughs) – and it's just like, oh, man – it just seems so fake and it's just not very fulfilling. Yeah. Um, well, nerd fact. But within my counseling, um, we learned about personas. Like that's just something that people do is that mm-hmm. within their different um, aspects of their lives, they wear different faces to mm-hmm. fit into different, um, you know, environments. And huh, it's exhausting. Super exhausting. I just try to be my authentic, weird self everywhere I fucking go. Yeah, it's not easy. But I think you, you're, we're seeing that more off, more, more where people are just not worrying about the scrutiny of others or society, and they're just saying, "Look, this is me," you know. Mm-hmm. And you either love it or you hate it. And I think that we need more of that because I think that people we've put in a standard on people in, in ways to act and be a certain way when in reality, like are you is or is this really you mm-hmm. and it's this kind of makes it hard with trust uh as well i saw this one stand up by this lady and she was from um she was from ireland and she was just talking about like how she could never really figure out like the english language or people in america yeah because of all of the like many different meanings of words and how people say it it's everything's like, so nuanced yeah whereas she's like they say what they say and they mean it just like that. They're like very cut and dry or, mm-hmm. you know, versus people don't really say how they really feel is like what I got from it. Yeah. And I believe that. Like, Yeah, that's so true. I can't remember what I was listening to, but they used the example of, they just used the example of the word fuck. Like, and they use like in a word, like you, um, they're like, like, fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> Each of those words has a different, like, implication like within that sentence yeah but it's it's all the same word and there's no other like other languages don't have words like that and they don't have meanings like that yeah yeah <laughs> she used the example of girl girl like, yeah because she was like um 
I don't know. It was like a, she was telling the story about how some one of her friends had did something that was pretty bad, and she was like, her response to it was, "Girl," <laughs> and she's like, you know, like it really. But that word "girl" <laughs> meant you needed to do this and you needed to do that and this and this and that. But all she said was "girl," and she knew what that meant. You know? Yeah. So I thought that was funny. That is funny. Yeah, man. It's just all about just trying to be your authentic self, but. um the English language is fucking complicated. That's why I can't, I, I shouldn't say I can't, but that's why I have found it difficult to learn another language. When you try to translate it, it just doesn't translate right. Like, yeah. English is backwards from the rest of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I like to say, like, everybody else speaks like Yoda. <laughs> like, it's always, like, subject and then, or I mean, it's always, like, verb and then subject. It's never, like, subject and then verb. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm teaching kids how to, you know, read in English and everything. I'm like, okay, I know I taught you this rule, but this word doesn't match that rule. This yeah. is one of those words that don't fit the rules. There's so many words like that. How do you break the bad habits? <sighs> what do you mean, like? Like kids learn like how to. They speak so incorrectly. From like they learn just the the worst shit from either like other kids or just at home or what whatnot. You yeah. ever try to like break those bad like grammatical habits at school? Yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, um, we have to, like, understand that, like, people have, like, home language and school culture language, you know, and it's not necessarily saying that their home language is wrong, you know, it's just like, okay, but when you're in these situations, it's like uh, being situationally appropriate when when it comes to, like, speaking and right. so it's like, that's what we're teaching, so, because... How I, like, what I learned when I was coming up from my house, you speak how your parents, you know, spoke, you know. One thing that Charles always gets on me about, and I still do it to this day, I'll say, um, hey, raise that window down. (laughs) 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 And I have to, shit, (laughs) I have to really work on thinking, okay, close the window or shut the window and not raise the window down because it's, like, opposite, but, you know. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So... And then um, I'm like, I'm educated, but I still say some things that I just can't help because that's my home language, you know? Mm-hmm. I uh, I had to point out to Deja the other day. I go, I don't think you realize you say anyways a lot. And there's no S on <laughs> like any- anyways. Like anyways. I'm just like, uh, I've never said anything to her like all this time. But like I finally said something to her. She's like, she's like, no, you're right. I don't know why you've never said anything to me before. <laughs> <laughs> we just have weird things of saying things. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird. Growing up, my grandma, um, she used to say zinc instead of sink. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me fucking why. There's no Z there. Yeah. But she used to do it. And then obviously we're in Missouri where people say what? Warsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there's all the different dialects, you know, of within America. So that's a whole nother thing, too. And it's like, how do you, you know, so it's like. You're code switching between languages because, you know, if you come from a certain region, how you say certain things and pronounce certain things is different than, like, the standard English way of Mm -hmm. speaking. So that's why I feel like people who come to America, they're like, it's hard to learn English because you go to one place and this is that and then there's a whole other thing somewhere else. Yeah, we are weird creatures, human (laughs) beings. I try to teach my kids that there are no bad words. They're just, just not all words are appropriate at all times. Right. I mean, that's like how profanity is. It's like we say that they're bad, but it is bad because in the in certain situations you don't 
use those words. Right. But people use those words. All the time. You know, so it's always like, well, those are bad words. But in reality, it's like, well, it's just a a expressive word, a word that you use in a certain expression, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's like, well, and, and then just depending on the word, like sometimes we just give words far too much power. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it doesn't have any power if you don't give it any power. Yeah. So, yeah, and then just when when to actually use those words is super important. Because I cuss all the time. Yeah. I can't help it. So I'm definitely cussing around my kids. I just let them know. I'm like, hey, man. This is just not, you know, you just got to know when to use this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've caught them cussing here and there. I've, like, I've heard my son, like, he'll be playing a game or something. and be like, shit. I'm just like, what? <laughs> 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 oh, so funny. So who do you want to help? Because you sent, we were talking about the homeless population some the other day, and then you sent me that thing, which, that's a cool story. I thought that was somebody else. Do you know the actress, um, I can't think of her name, but she's in quite a few Tyler Perry movies. Hmm. I'm terrible at people's names. That's right. Look, we got Google right here. Let me look it up. Either way, she used to, um, she was, I thought it was her story because, like, she used to be, like, a prostitute and whatnot, Mm. and, um... Now she's just fucking killing it. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to find her name out, though. Yeah, people... And when I, so I saw sent you this, like, um, little link from this lady who was, like, homeless and addicted on drugs and everything. And pretty yeah. much how, like, she changed her life around and went to school. And now she's an author and everything like that. And it's just, like... I feel like sometimes we look at people for their current situation and think that this is just who they are, who, how they've always been. We, sometimes we should like think deeper into how they got there and what happened to them. And, and like where I was thinking, like when I wanted to like help the homeless population, it was like getting past the sense of hopelessness, you know, just because you're there, you know, living on the street and you have nothing doesn't mean that, you know, you couldn't do something to change that around. Like, you know, your future could be, you know, nearly close to what, you know, whatever it is that you want it to be, you know, as long as you have the help and support of others in a lot of cases, you know, really helps people to change their life around. That's so true. Like you're not like your current situation isn't like your final situation. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's so easy to feel like, especially if you're going through a tough time, like you feel like this is just it and there's nothing else out there but i feel like so many people and i've said this before but like they overestimate like what can be done in a year and they underestimate how much you can get done in like five to ten years like you can build a fucking empire in five years yeah like it's fucking crazy her name was tasha smith what she looked like yeah Mm -hmm. apparently she had a story kind of similar to that i don't know about all the drugs and stuff but i'm pretty sure she was a prostitute hmm I could be making this up, but I don't think I am. I think people, like, everyone has a story to tell, and you'll be surprised, you know, by what, what, you know, different people's stories, you know, are. I know. This is why I'm doing this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to learn everybody's stories. You might answer my question. So do you you want to work with the homeless population, or what what would be your ideal situation with, like, counseling? Like, who do you want to help? Well, I have this 
great big plan in my mind like you know how you dream real big my friends always tell me (laughs) my friends always tell me that I go zero to 100 like I like I think really big like I'm like oh I'm gonna have we're gonna have people we're gonna have a party I'm gonna throw this party and stuff like in one day (laughs) no one shows up but I'm like well I visualize this being like but you know um when I think about like counseling I think about um taking like all of the things that I have as a person like I'm an athlete and I want this and I I like to help I'm in the public service profession and I so I I like to help people um and I want to bridge like the physical wellness and the mental wellness all together Mm. in the sense of like personal training like exercises and like even like maybe opening up a gym but like in the counseling aspect, also having like a private practice that has all of those things embedded into it. Yeah. Where um, I don't really know exactly. I haven't figured out how I would actually do it, but um, I know a lot of people can you know get up and want to go get a personal training to you know lose weight or you know feel healthier. But what about like also the feelings that go along with it? Like how did you get here? You know, if you're right. out of shape, you know, and then um why are you trying to like you know what is the image what is the you know thought behind it so I think that like everything is interlaced and connected it's not just like I want to go and work out and get better there's always like an internal link to it and so um there needs to be like something where I want to meet both of those needs in that sense and um when it so that's just like for everyone um when I think of uh, future things of, and this is how I feel like fighting will help as well, like a platform to be able to, um, I want to do like nonprofit uh, things like um, for like the youth and kids in the community, especially like in St. Louis. I always felt like, and, um, and even Charles, we both talk about this as well. We always felt like we wish that there were more like rec recreational centers like after school programs and things like that for kids to do um instead of like the alternatives but it seems like more and more like kids are like just being inside in the house we used to play outside and you know Mm -hmm. interact with others so i wanted to do more things like that um and then when it comes to like the homeless community i just never understood how there was just so much money in the world and we still have people living on the streets um and there's so many you know it just I always wondered, uh, like, where are all the humanitarians? Where are they at, you know? We have big mega churches. Yeah. Big fucking mega churches that just sit empty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I, one, one, one idea that I thought about was, like, there's all these abandoned, um, like, St. Louis public schools. There was a lot of schools that they shut down. So there's these huge buildings and just huge buildings, period, in St. Louis that are not being used. Like, I thought about, like, a reconstruction plan of, like, build you know um, remodeling and building these up and making them into like homeless shelters that also have like um, mental health um, services as well like it was like a a business where they stay there but they can also have like um, you know mental health support Mm -hmm. um, social services to help you know find jobs and things like that like you know, something to, like, boost the lower end of, yeah, you know, the you're thinking big. You know? You're thinking big. And, because it's just, it's sad. Um, and it's like, so I just like, where are all these people who who are for people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's nothing that would, like, happen overnight, but 
just wanted to even if it means I can just do a little bit to get a ball moving in one little area then maybe other people will catch on you know but then this issue is not just within our country it's like all over the world yeah I just feel like we place um, a lot of emphasis into things that are for our entertainment and for our pleasure but then where's the selfless part of us that also thinks of others and um, you know wanting to have world peace you know <laughs> you know whatever you know what I mean like yeah you know making lives other people's brother I mean I feel like this should be a, a part of everyone that feeling that you get from helping others and if, if everyone is helping someone else then we're all helping each other you know that lack of I feel like there's just like this lack of unity and care for people yeah I feel like you definitely have to um get yourself into a particular place before you can help others because mm -hmm. like if you're a wreck then you can't help anybody right. but um yeah it, it all really does start with the mind you know what i mean like they're just use the example of just like you want to lose weight but there's usually a much deeper component there like something like real emotional or just there's something um like in a person's history like why they have this issue mm -hmm. that's it's it's much deeper than what you see on the surface you know what yeah. i mean like if you don't address those then it's hard to make any sort of progress yeah you know what i mean and that's what like um that's why i think sometimes people don't you have for one you have to be able to recognize that it's something deeper a lot of times people don't recognize that there's something internal that's causing them conflict with other things, you know? Right. And that's what counseling helps with. It's like, you know, well, if you came there willingly, then you recognize that. And then you want to, but, you know, you have to want to figure out how do I, like, you know, help this. Um, but I think that each of us, even if we feel that we're good and okay, there's still something, like, internally that we should still process through that, like, helps us not only, like, you know, that really heals ourselves internally, you know? Yeah. That yeah. helps us to live healthier lives, you know, yeah. on the outside in it. It's important to address those things and to, like, work through those feelings, um, especially, like, being, like, a man in America. Like, it, you're always told to, to, like, not be in touch with that part of yourself, like, right. to not address those feelings or to work through those emotions. And, and also, just with society in general, it's almost, like, frowned upon to be, Mm -hmm. sad or to not be happy it's like well, you're you're supposed to always be happy but it's like this is a part of the human condition and sometimes you do have to work through this like this bad stuff to yeah. to like get to an ultimate like greater good you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i think that like now because we're here we're hearing a lot more like i it's sad and unfortunate but just like all of the teen suicides and yeah. i think that that's bringing awareness to like the issues like of cyberbullying, depression, anxiety, and all of these things that people are going through that no people don't feel comfortable with sharing or confiding with other people, right? With, you know, because it's looked at as you know how it's appeared. Um, I think of it like just the evolution of mental health, period. And like way back when, before we didn't know much about everything, people would just call those people crazy, right? You know, every little thing, yeah, institutionalized them. I mean, and eventually, with research and people studying, they're like, oh, actually, you know, there's a lot of people who have experienced this, and this is what this is now. Oh, okay, and this is how this caused that. And oh, well, it could be different from this person to that person. And so, like, just over the years, you know, we've learned a lot more about like the mental health aspect, but now it's like changing people's perspectives on it 
you know, and how they view it. I'm listening to you. Yeah. I need to get a new camera. This, mm-hmm. this thing is no bueno. Yeah, no, fucking, um, I agree with all those statements, Brittany. For the folks listening. Yeah. I gotta do something about this recording. I just gotta buy a camera that's dedicated to this and for using my phone. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, processing those feelings, working through those things. It's all important stuff. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought, really. Yeah. I lost my fucking train of thought. <laughs> you're good. I mean, that's what we were talking about. Just talking about, you were saying that, you know, people, especially men, like, feel okay, comfortable with sharing yeah. that side, you know? Yeah, no, not really. A lot of us don't. That's something I've been trying to work on, just being more open, just being more vulnerable. It's a tough thing to do. Yeah, and it feels very uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, because especially like I've noticed like whenever I'm doing this podcast, I don't know if you do this, but like I ha- I tend to obsess over some conversations that I have. Like I'll think about things that I've said in the past. And I'm just like, oh, what the f- why the why fuck did you, you say, say that? that? <laughs> like, you and sound then... like such a fucking idiot. People are going to think you're a retard. Whatever the case may be. The fact that I just said that, people are going to be oh, man, he just used that word, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't say that word. But, um, yeah, like, I'll, I'll record these podcasts, and I'm just like, oh, man, what the fuck was I doing? Like, why did I share that? Like, why did I say that? Like, and then I just have to, like, put it out of the back of my mind. I'm just like, whatever, man. Like, it just is what it is. Either you like it or you don't. I'm just trying to be authentic. I mean, I understand because right after I was like, hey, let's do this pack. I was like, why did I just do this? Because that means I'm going to sit here and talk in front of a camera to, <laughs> you know, and myself, I'm just like, uh, I, I just, I do that too. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I don't want to say all this out loud or, but then I get gone and I'm like, okay, well, I'm here. But then I kind of, that's, that's what I do to help myself to be more comfortable with it is just doing it. Just go do it, you know, mm-hmm. instead of overthinking just do it. it. It's just all about growth. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. And if you're trying to be your most authentic self, um, the part of that is being your most authentic self with other people. Yeah. You know, and being comfortable being around other people and being yourself and not, you know, worrying about the judgments or the scrutiny of other people because yeah. when you don't care about those things, then you're just you. Yeah. And yeah. so and it's okay to be wrong. You know what I mean? I feel like we're always mm-hmm. so scared to like look foolish or like to say something wrong. I do yeah. it all the time. Like I, the biggest thing is like I'm always worried I'm going to mess up people's names. <laughs> 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 so like because of that, like I won't use people's names. Yeah. And then – um yeah, but I'm just trying to get over that shit. I've done that before. One of my parents came in who was volunteering, and I realized that I didn't really know how to pronounce their last name. <laughs> so I was like, hey, this is, you know, so-and-so's mom. And I was like, what would you like to go by? And fortunately, you know, she just said her first name. I don't know if you want to call her Miss. But in my mind, I was like, I don't want to say her name out loud and, like, mispronounce it or something, you know. Um, so. It's so yeah. funny. We're all as, as different as we all are. We're all the fucking same. Yeah, I believe that. A hundred percent. Yeah, like there may be like little different nuances here and there to whatever your life story is, but it's like ultimately, I mean, we're all just humans and um, I mean, we're just a higher primate and we just like, we need each other. Community is so important. Like there's just basic needs that need to be met. Yeah, I was so like when I was having a conversation with Rob, I was talking just about that. Like um, we, we get caught up on so much of like, what we see of a person, like, you know, the skin colors and, like, cultures and everything. But I always felt like what 
if people could just like chill for a second and think about just like basic human characteristics that we all have. We all experience the same emotions like the, you know, happiness, sad, sadness, you know, um, all of those emotions. So we all have that, those things. And then also like within every culture, with every group of people, I feel like people good and bad, there's a spectrum. Yep. And there's people who fall on that spectrum in different places within each culture. But like, you know, media or just like people's perceptions want to lead you to believe that a certain group of people are all this or all that. No, like people are people and there's all people can fall in this range of between good and bad, you know. Right. And so we let all these other like little stereotypical things cause us to just make generalizations, just generalizations about groups of people and people in general. It's like, it's not gotta think outside of like what you were like taught and learn through other people around you mm-hmm. and be able to put yourself and think differently you know step outside of your own yeah just mindset. be open yeah just be open to like just receiving whatever the experiences like can actually bring to you because um <clears throat> i i know from just from my own experience i used to have this real bad problem like you look at people and then you're just like, it's just classically just trying to like judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. It's like, you see somebody, it's like, oh, they're probably like this, but it's like, they're com- the complete fucking opposite. It's like, you see somebody and like, maybe maybe there's like a little bit like scrawny or like have glasses or something. You're like, oh, like he's probably not a very like outgoing person, maybe a little like timid, meek person. Yeah. But then they have like the loudest fucking personality <laughs> and they're just like the life of the party. Just the complete opposite of what least in my mind like that that someone who looks like that would be like and then i just realized i'm like fuck man like it doesn't matter like what meat suit you have like yeah (laughs) i really okay so i think about these kind of things all the time that's why i feel like (laughs) i don't know i think about these things all the time like even like i went to quick trip before i got here and i had my hat on backwards this time before i got here and so you know i have my little ski asap rocky braids going on because i haven't done anything to my hair and i was in a gas station and there was this guy he just looked at me for a while like he just stared at me i was like i wonder what he thinks of me just by my appearance of my appearance i bet you would never think that i was a first grade teacher right you know or a counselor yeah yeah i like just by like how i choose to dress or wear something you know yeah the, you the judgments that we make yeah know? and that used to be like a big thing in america especially with like people with tattoos right yeah mm-hmm. at least we're away from that stigma yeah i know right because i like tattoos i love them yeah fucking inked up mm-hmm. always looking to get more I'm glad that my school, my school's, I really like my school. We don't, like, have a dress code, and um, they don't, like, have any issues with tattoos and everything, because that's another thing. I'm, like, I'm teaching kids, and I have, like, tattoos and stuff, you know? Like, what is that message that sends to kids and how people feel, but... I think it teaches them a message of acceptance because yeah. kids don't judge other people. They like they're just taught to judge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree. It's yeah, just teaching that mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter what you look like. Yeah, and I and and I and I kind of battled with this with myself for a little while, like because I wanted to be in an inner city school and teach because I started off in SLPS. You know what is that? St. Louis Public Schools. Oh, okay, SLPS. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And then I, you know, came out to Kirkwood, and Kirkwood is like a predominantly white, you know, area. And, but, so, but one thing that I thought about was like, well, what about those kids who hardly ever get to see a black person? You know? It's like, I, 
being you know and within your own culture is important but then also giving that exposure to others mm-hmm. so that they can see that they're so i always feel like it just takes one person to defy a stereotype you know it's true you know what i'm saying like if they were taught that all black people are this that that one existence of that black person to be different it's like well how is that possible when mm-hmm. they weren't like that you know so that's kind of like why I am definitely like why I'm here and like in Kirkwood and I wanted to like be one of those faces, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And they're kids and like I've yeah. been in with kids period. And you can just tell it's just about what they know is what they've learned mm-hmm. in their environments. But like they're young and they're moldable and you can change their mind on things. You know? It's amazing how one person can literally just, just shift the entire paradigm of a person. Yeah. Even an adult, I feel like maybe it was a short documentary, or I don't know what it was, but I, f- God, I need to get better at details. But mm-hmm. I think I was watching a documentary, and it was, um, it was like this lady who followed um, a group of of like high ranking people, like in the KKK, and like yeah. after all of this time that like, she had spent with them. This is like the classic story. After all this time that she had spent with them, like a few of them like changed their ways towards the end of it. And it's like a lot of times like those people, like they'll spew their hate towards just like mass groups, but never towards an individual. You know what I mean? Like once you're like face to face with them, mm-hmm. then they then they like, you know what I mean? Then they start treating you like a person. Yeah. And they almost I don't want to like call them like a pussy, but they start acting like a little pussy, right? Like they don't want to <laughs> stick by what they've been saying out loud towards yeah. nobody in particular. And then because deep down they know that like that's just not right. <laughs> yeah, and they know that like you don't know this person. You you don't know this person. So for however you felt about this group of people, like yeah. you can't say that. Like, like yeah, like this person who's interacting with you like as another human being, and they're not acting ignorant towards you, and they're just communicating with you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't happen all the time. Some people will spew their hate, but you know what I mean. It's just like once you connect to somebody on that human level. Yeah. It rem- that reminds me of um, this book I read with Jody Polkold. I think that's how you name say her name. It was um small great things, and it was pretty much like it was about like a black nurse who um what she do like, try to give CPR to their baby, but the baby ended up dying, and she wasn't supposed to be around the baby, so she had to decide if she was gonna try to save the baby or not because she wasn't supposed to be like touching the baby because they didn't want her to be in the case because she was black, <sighs> but they didn't say that, but that's why it was, you know. And so then they had her on trial and everything, and um the the father the white guy he was like he was a part of the the like kkk or something like that and like in pretty much you learned that his hatred like towards black people came because um his his brother i think died in a car accident and it was a black driver and so he blamed that black driver for his 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 death yeah but and so he thought but even though that guy really wasn't at fault but he said that he was and so that was like the manifestation of his hate towards yeah so then he just generalized it because of that trauma that he had Mm -hmm. and so i don't know i like to believe that a lot of things happen like that you know where uh one person makes you feel like you know they did something to hurt you and then makes you feel like that you know it's like one person created it so one person can fix it yeah it's like you know just either it was taught or learned or 
that generalization was made and then you took it and manifested across the whole group. Right. You know? Yeah. That's a, that's a crazy situation to be in, I imagine. You said something earlier. I wanted to think, uh, I wanted to, when I lost my train of thought, that's what Mm -hmm. I was thinking about. So I'm going to come back to it. Do you think that kids just have it too easy? And I say that because, or just not kids, but in America, we have it too easy. And I say that because you had mentioned about the number of kids that are committing suicide. And when you look at that, like the suicide rates are usually in pretty, um, uh, they're usually like happening to populations that are pretty well off, right? You don't see that in like struggling communities who are like, who are just like focused on like surviving. It's always the affluent populations that are fucking killing themselves. Yeah. And we have a lot of that here in America, obviously. I don't know what the statistic is, but it's like, I don't know if you make like $20,000 or something like that a year, then you're in the top whatever percent of the world, whatever that is. Have you heard that statistic? I don't know. No. We're always making this shit up. But <laughs> something like if you make like twenty or $30,000 a year, like you're in the top 10% of the world wealth-wise. Like that just tells you like how poor a lot of the world is. But we have a lot of suicide here. And it almost just seems to be like from a lack of struggle. Like there's no, it's like it's like it's so easy as far as like our basic needs yeah. that like we just start stressing over other things, and then it just drives this mental anguish. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought about this too. Um, people like when you mention like the struggle, I think when you say like other people who are just basically just trying to survive yeah they're focused on surviving like that mental that like that mental toughness you know they don't have time to like worry about all these other things because they're just trying to survive right and like others like in our countries it's like those problems that wouldn't be problems to other people who have like gone through a lot a lot more you know um i think that that definitely plays a a huge part in that yeah you know um yeah and especially because like you'll look at like poor communities or or, like hunter-gatherer tribes and just places that don't have a lot of material things like they're just getting by they're surviving but they seem to be a very happy people you know they have community um they have their basic things met maybe not easily but they seem to be doing a lot better like in the mental health aspect of life yeah, I think when you have nothing, you appreciate this uh, the ne- the na- the necessities more, right. like the basic things of life. It's like you realize what's really important. Yeah, you know, and because you have to, because that's all you have, right. you know, and that's that's where you form that connection to. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes those basic things aren't appreciated as, as much in, you know, with different, in different areas. Like that's kind of like going back to that sense of like unity within people. Like, I wonder like how many people, like do people confide and, and talk, like have conversations about how people are feeling, right? you know, that disconnect within like, within a family, within friends, you know, that isolation, that feeling and, or whatever, like because people really crave connection deep down and need Absolutely. connection. Absolutely, we need it. So when a person is isolated, and they don't feel that. 
because a lot of people's attentions are distracted by so many other things, you know, then they're just left with this isolation of feeling alone. Right. Without, you know, the feeling of family or friends. And we don't, ha- you know, some a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. I always wonder what it would be like to grow up in like a culture or community where like family was the center of everything, you know. But we live in a country where there's a bunch of different cultures that come together and we don't have a unified, you know, origin of like, you know, something. We're all blended in a sense. We're all doing our own things. Yeah. Like as a country as a whole. Yeah. Like is we're very indiv- individualistic, you yeah. know, and that's great thing about this why we're so successful because everyone's like you know survival of the fittest but it's like it's just me like mm-hmm. one person is you know trying to make it it's not like a you like yeah. it's like not family centered i've wondered if like some sort of like mandatory service would would like help with that like in a lot of countries um like you know there's like you have to like join the the military for a year or whatever the case would be like you have to like mandatory like serve your country now i don't necessarily think like everybody should have to like join the military but just some sort of like mandatory service to the country whether that be like to the peace corps or like if like in your local community where like you have to like volunteer hours to like you know keeping up with just just the community like you know making it look nice and just public service like a mandatory like public service yeah. to where like now you have like skin in the game, you know what I mean? Like you're fucking, you're invested in this thing too. Yeah. Like we don't have that here. A lot of countries do, and you'll see intense nationalism in those countries, and like we definitely don't have that here. Yeah. I wonder if that would help. Yeah. I don't know. I also wonder if like, uh, like I don't know what's what is it like in high school now, but like actually learning about all of the different like cultures around the world. Like when we have world history. You know what I mean? But, and we have American history, but I feel like world history is just all condensed into one, like, course. But since I feel like we're a country of, like, many people, I feel like we should learn about everyone's culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus it just being, like, American history and then, you know, other, everyone else. And then other. You know, because, you know, there's, like, one of those things, like, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you learn about it and a lot of things i think is just based off ignorance and not knowing you know mm-hmm. yet we live in a country that's you know yeah there's a lot of history that gets neglected a lot of facts get neglected yeah i wonder well i think that we should just i don't again you're in the school system i'm not mm-hmm. i'm just speaking from fucking from nowhere but like i feel like they need to like revamp a lot of the curriculum because like we're not teaching kids how to think we're teaching them what to think and like we're just like breeding factory workers still yeah. why are we doing that we need a lot more application learning like and i feel like in my perfect world in my mind of like i think having the exposure and actually being in whatever it is that you're learning you know to actually be there and see it with your eyes and experience it is mm-hmm. a deeper connection to learning than just to read it in a book, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, when I was also thinking about, like, learning about the cultures, there should be a side of it where you actually go and do something and work with other people, you know? That would, like, it's just surface level, like, learning. It's not deeper. Like, a, right. you need, like, a deeper connection to, like, what you're learning. You learn and hold on to that knowledge a lot more when you have like 
the actual experience to go with it too right you know? right yeah it, it's no longer like abstract it's yeah. kind of like a concrete like idea now i do think that um we're like a, a lot of the curriculum could probably like why are we teaching some things that aren't needed is what i wonder yeah like <laughs> uh, well i just think about the the push like math is super important don't get me wrong but like we'll we'll push it's like it's like we're pushing every kid towards the academic pathway and not every kid's going to be an academic you know what i mean it's like why are we not offering more practical things for some of these kids because at the end of the day maybe the whole idea of no child left behind is great but at the end of the day like there's nothing wrong with like digging ditches you know what i mean like if if yeah. like if you were like if if like a manual labor type job is something that is fine with you and like that's just kind of like where you're going to be like what's wrong with that you know what i mean like every, every like all these kids and th this is just kind of going back to what we were saying like how everyone's kind of like pushed towards college mm -hmm. but i mean there are a lot of tech schools that a kid could go to for like two years and be just fine or yeah. there are a lot of kids who could just who probably could learn some very usable skills in high school and then go immediately into the workforce and just start being a productive person like that way yeah. you know and th but instead they're made to feel like well you're a loser if you don't go this other route and instead like we don't teach some of these other things like how to balance a checkbook like not many kids are writing checks you know what i mean like yeah. hardly anybody writes checks these days i would, I would imagine but why are we not teaching them those skills? Yeah. I feel like that about, like, taxes and stuff. <laughs> taxes. <laughs> and apparently We all was, need to do those. Apparently there was a class that taught you about that, but it wasn't required. And, like, I've never, like, when I was in high school, because I really was, like, I wish that there was a class that taught me about these things. I still don't really even know much about, like, all about Texas, period. But, like, to really think about, like, making sure that, students are like learning the actual practical things of life yeah, that you the need basic to basic things of life yeah and it being required not optional like yeah so in a sense what you're saying like the curriculum there should be some things that needed to need to be adapted because times are changing right you know and people we, we there's the needs are different and we need to like you know align with those needs and for like where we are right like, everything like a lot of things is or technology based now so you think about like all the new jobs and things that are opening up for for that you know so there mm -hmm. should maybe there should be like i remember back in when i was in high school they were like itt tech <laughs> but i don't know <laughs> but much about all that other stuff but yeah so thinking about like where we are now and how can we like really shift it to like cater to all the needs of the different ki different students because yeah everyone's not a college person no not by any stretch of the imagination you know, just another way to get more people in debt to go and doing something that may not be exactly for them or what they really yeah really they really want to do um so then that that begs the question of like would there be something beneficial to like going to some type of mid i don't know like something that like every student can go to that would help them to like really figure out what exactly they want to do i know that there's like inventories out there and things like that but like i think like a whole bunch of field trips or something like you yeah. know what i mean like actually seeing it and doing mm -hmm. it and well i think that would help like people well do they understand. have to figure out what they want to do at that time yeah so that's all i'm saying is <laughs> like then what do they do in the meantime you know is what i'm saying like 
figure it the fuck out, man. <laughs> like, I think it's so funny because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to figure it out. Like, like you think you have a pen, like a plan, and then it goes to shit, and then you just pivot and readjust and start working a new plan. Like, still going towards the same goal, just a different path. And it's like we're just slowly just trying to figure it out. Yeah. But at that age, it's just like, well, you need to have it figured out. Yeah. But even the people who are telling them to figure it out don't have it figured out. Like, and then even like how many teachers are getting like hammered on the weekends because they like <laughs> they hate their fucking job. Like. <laughs> Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. Like, even, like, you pick a career and you like it, and then you, things change, and now you feel like, you know what, actually this isn't it. Like, then yeah. what do you do? Like, life is going to be ever-changing. You know, you're mm-hmm. always going to be evolving, and it's like, well, how do you adapt to the change? Well, you have $50,000 worth of debt. You can't change. You got to keep – you got to <laughs> stick this one out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shit. Well, go back and get some more debt. Go back and get more debt to change. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. You ever thought about a uniba- uh, universal basic income? Mm. I think about this idea, and um, it came up on Joe Rogan's podcast one time. But just with where we're going with automation and technology, I mean, especially with if you think about, I don't know where we'll be at in ten years with like self-driving cars. But mm. I mean, it's I imagine we're going to be really fucking far to the point to where like we probably won't need truck drivers which is a huge population of yeah. lower-educated white males, right? Yeah. What are all those dudes going to do for a job? And why why do they have to actually have a job? If, like, if, if we have the technology to eliminate those human jobs to where that they're done better and more efficient, mm-hmm. then why, like, why, you know what I mean? Like, why can't those people do other things yeah. i feel like we're going to get to a point to where we're, we're not going to there's not going to be enough jobs for people yeah that's going to be a problem yeah because of technology so it's just like what's wrong with some sort of even if it's just like i don't even know just just basic just like housing and maybe a little food yeah. like like fifteen hundred dollars or something a month like well how can we if our country is in so much debt within itself how are we in debt i don't know but it seems like it's it, just, because it's like we we if I don't understand why or we like money's not real. Yeah, and it's just like mm, I don't know. But it is. We, yeah, we got to master that game. Yeah, obviously we haven't figured that out because if we're doing so well, you know, people come to America mm-hmm. because of all of the opportunities. Yet we're not doing well enough to keep like for our people off the street. Like, yeah. are people who are in poverty, like, how? You know? That's a great question. So it's like, then we're not doing that well. We're definitely not trying to be the best country that we could be. Yeah. Because if we were, we would take care of our people better. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's about the people. Without the people, there's no country. So that's what I mean. It's like, where is the where are the humanitarians? Where are the people who are like, we're doing well because and our people are happy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the overall just, but, like, we're in, like, turmoil within each other. It's, like, been in a very dysfunctional relationship, and we're, like, the kids, and we're, like, stop arguing, mommy and daddy. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> and we're all getting the impact from it, you know? Yeah. We're all getting the impact from all of this, and now we're, like, now the siblings are arguing with each other because they're saying that, and it's just, like, a whole dysfunctional family. 
it's madness. madness. It's madness. Yeah, I, I just feel like something has to give because with the way technology is going, there's no way there's going to be enough jobs for everybody. And I, for one, would love <laughs> to get like a $1,000 check or something. Let's start talking about free will. What would you do if you had free will, man? Man, just, just like, I mean, just what kind of things would be created if people weren't stressed about? Just basic needs. Nothing crazy. Like, I'm just talking about just like a place to live and maybe a little bit of food. Like... Yeah. You still, if for anything extra, you still have to go out and earn that and provide that value. Right. But you know what I mean? But, like, you wouldn't be stressed about, like... People would be a lot happier. A million times happier. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wonder, like, why can that not be? I know I know some people feel like that would make people lazy. I feel like maybe some people for sure would be lazy. But I know, like, for like myself... I would go out there and I would grind even harder and it would be it'd be easier to grind harder because you're not stressed about this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people would do that too. I think they'd pursue more um just just they would just pursue more things that um bring value to them. And yeah. ul- ultimately I think that bring value to those around them as well. Yeah. And it make them happy too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Exactly, and you don't, and you wouldn't need to find happiness in a pill, <laughs> right? And we can do more of these things where we actually uh, interact with each other because exactly. we have the time and energy. Like, oh, let's all just get together because you're free, and let's just, let's just sit talk. around and talk and have conversations. But people don't do that anymore. A lot, no, you know? nobody does it. They're all looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. What's going on next? I love this thing. Starting this podcast was like the best thing I've done. I've had so many good conversations. I'm just churning these things the fuck out. Yeah, it's good stuff. I agree. So it's like this battle of like you being connected and trying not to be too connected. Because, you know, like when you're like sucked into this virtual world, you're like not in the present world. And I think about that a lot. Um, Technology is great, but then it also causes problems. Like my theory is because we're like, man, in school, like. Do you remember all of these kids having ADHD? Do you remember like all these focus issues or all everything that's happening like now? And I don't remember a lot of this, you know. Yeah. And yeah. but like now it's it's like a lot more prevalent, and I'm like, babies are like using iPads and they're like glued to like TV and the technology, and it's like an addiction yeah. already. And the word addiction <laughs> comes with, you know, negative consequences that come from it as well. And I feel like, you know, that has a lot to it to do it because like just my face and me talking to students sometimes I have to like perform to keep their attention. Yeah. I mean, they are kids. Half of that is that. Mm-hmm. But then there's like this other edge is like, man, I have to like constantly their attention span is this long, you know. Yeah. And it's like if something is and it's not gratifying enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they have, like, an unrealistic, like, expectation on, like, when they should be, like, when they should get, like, gratification. And -hmm. it's always instant in today's world, right? So it's, like, if it's not now, like, they don't have any patience. And they don't understand what it takes to actually wait, like, that delayed gratification. I lost my train of thought earlier when you were asking me about, like, the suicide thing. And I think that has a lot to do with that. Um, Just that we live in this time of wanting things and needing things now mm-hmm. versus going through the process and knowing that it's, it's going to take a while. So like if you're unhappy, if you're depressed and your inner being is not, not healthy, it's not something that is just going to like 
something that's going to just quick fix it. It's right. something that takes time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, instead of taking that time to really invest in themselves and getting themselves well, they choose the alternative. Right. Yeah. It all it all takes time and it takes yeah. work. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're always. Um, we're you just, have to do the work. Yeah, you really do. Like we're always sold just everything can be done quickly and or it's in this pill or it's in this bottle and this is instant this and instant that. But it's just like, man, no, like the, the most rewarding things in life and, and anything that is actually going to add any sort of value takes fucking time. Yeah. And even if like some are using like a medication for like to regulate whatever chemicals in their brain, the other half of it is still you still have to go through the process of like talking and Mm -hmm. addressing like that's i personally don't believe that that is just the only way to fix it you know like say a person is depressed and they do have medication that helps them with their chemical levels in their brain to make them feel happier Mm -hmm. i still feel like through like other therapies and things that they they need to do that really will actually truly get to the root of their unhappiness you know yeah and it's like two things it's not just that one 100 percent. i think before they even take the pill if we're just sticking with this example especially because so many people it, they they neglect all of like the other things they could be doing so before you take the pill like have you have you looked at your lifestyle like are you getting enough rest because sleep is one of the best things that we it's a cure-all for so many things yeah. like are you eating the right type of food like are you fucking are you exercising like ha, do you have a community you know what i mean like yeah. have you tried these other things um before going to this and uh, and some people really do need the medication right but yeah. so many people resort to that first yeah before doing these other things yeah and then you tie that into you know electronics and today and it's like it's like are we really connected because uh, man like that constant dopamine hit yeah towards the end of the day sometimes like whenever i'm really just like working social media like promoing mm-hmm. and it's like i'm on my computer all day like towards the end of the day like my fucking head hurts and it's just like stimulation overload and i have a hard time focusing yeah. like my mind hurts i'm just like i've been staring at a computer too long or i've i've been checking instagram and facebook too many times it's just like it's just mental like overload yeah I think about that, like, with um, video games, too. Like, you know, you can talk to people and connect with people while you're playing. I still feel like it's still not the same, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you you are, like, connecting with people, but I still feel like it's like a, what's the word? Like an off-brand of the real thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's more of a, I feel like online gaming is more of a connection than, like, a lot of these social platforms, mm. but yeah, it's the same thing. The only reason I feel like that is because like I spent a lot of hours like by myself playing games as a kid, yeah. and then now at least like you're you are talking to somebody, but a lot of the times like you're actually like doing something together, even though it's not like physical. Yeah. But like you both are playing the game and like working towards like a goal or whatever the case may yeah. be. Like, but it's it's still it's not the same as if like I would have had like a friend come over and we're both just like sitting there next to each other playing the game. Like yeah. maybe we're not talking to each other, but we're both like next to each other and you yeah. can feel that energy. Like yeah. being in the physical presence of somebody, that changes everything. Yeah, sometimes I just feel like there's like that wall up that block this when you like when you're online or something. Like it's good to definitely be able to do that. Yeah. But then like I think it's like you gotta have both. Like, I agree. To like those who like just isolate themselves to just that. It's like you still are lacking 
um, the, an interaction of people yeah. that you still need. Yeah, in you're still missing that form. input. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're more connected than ever, but are we really? Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, so that's kind of like my fear. I'm like, I think I heard, I was listening to something, and they were like, yeah, when this virtual world, like, where you can just go and do, you know, whatever you want in this virtual world. And it just also reminds me of that show, like, it's on Netflix, uh, Black Mirror. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like how short the episodes or the seasons are. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can fly through that shit. Yeah, so like those things, I'm like, you know, that when they make these shows and movies and stuff, someone came up with this idea is based on some truth or something, like you yeah. know, and it's like it's kind of scary to think about. Like, I'm like, I don't want to get sucked into that. You know? Yeah, yeah, and we're kind of there in certain ways. Like, did you see the episode where it's like, um, everywhere you're going, like going, like they're constantly raiding you? Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. It's like, fuck, man, like, we're already kind of there. Like, mm-hmm. rate the seller, rate, you know, rate the Uber driver, and then they're rating you, too. Like, yeah. everyone's fucking rating everybody. It's yeah. like, we're already there. So then going back to the whole persona thing, do you can you even feel comfortable just being yourself without worrying about someone's going to judge you now? And, and it's going to be, like, a public thing and, like, being able to, like, take that judgment? You know yeah. what I mean? So people are in their best form all the time. Yeah, I think if you're being your authentic self, and for me, like, my mission is, like, positivity and, like, and like to connect people, I feel like you just got to fucking just deal with it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying that most people, oh, yeah. they don't, like, like, I don't know. I'm not in the minds of every woman who, like, feels like they can't go out the house without makeup on, but, like, that's one thing I feel like sometimes, like, do you feel comfortable just like wearing your regular face sometimes as I think about because um just like talking to other people or just knowing some people and it's like like makeup enhances beauty but are you okay with yeah or do you feel beautiful without it right you know and then like it just keeps getting passed on like I just see it more and more with like feeling like you are only at your most your most beauty with all of these things right. like that you put on the outside of your body you know mm-hmm. <laughs> some preacher that i saw on facebook he was like he was going in about just like um women and like their outward beauty is like cake he's like i wanted some cake and she had all this beautiful icing and when i bit into it i you know all i had was icing because yeah. she didn't have any substance There's like no, no substance cake there. yeah you know so it's like you know, remembering that that's really the most important part. You know, that's you. It really is. And I feel like sometimes I feel like because we live in this world, a lot of the filters and everything. I wrote my whole uh, uh, research paper on this um, self-esteem linking with like uh, social media and everything. Um, just like with the filters and like uh, people, you know, posting so much about like their abs and like working out and looking good that like it's for other people who don't look like that's making, you know, because it's natural people compare themselves to other people. Right. And it, so it feels, it has a connection with lowering people's self-esteem, you know, mm-hmm. and all those things like that. So it's just like, I don't feel like that's pushed as much of like people needing substance. Like, yeah, the icing is beautiful, but what about like you, you know? The substance is so important. So yeah. important. Comparison will, will rob you of all joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the th- things that I noticed about you the most is like you don't. And I think people who don't wear makeup a lot or like don't have the fake nails and like 
have their natural hair. Like, I think that says so much about, like, you see those people. And, like, for me, my perspective is just, like, I, I see a person who's very comfortable with themselves. And um, I wish I wish we would see more of that. Because whenever I see girls with, like, I hate fake nails. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're, like, super long. <laughs> like, how do you do anything with Yeah, them? how do you do anything with them? Can you, know? you pick up a quarter? Well, you also, you get to the point to where it's just, like, your real nails yeah they rode away like now you're relying on this thing you know what i mean it's like and then it's like you're like every two or three weeks you're spending hundreds of dollars on fake hair and then it's Mm -hmm. like you got fake you know eyelashes and it's like it becomes expensive it's yeah it's like a monthly bill and like you'll see some chicks who will like they'll look like fucking the creature from the dark lagoon and then they'll put on makeup and they look amazing (laughs) It's just like I this. I feel sorry for you guys. It's like none of that shit is real, man. None yeah. of that shit is real. And it's like, what are you doing to your skin? Like, like you said, what are you doing to your mind? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you don't need those things. Because be this beautiful. is a person that you're always seeing now. Yeah. That you're putting on. Like, how often are you just looking at yourself and being happy with that? Yeah. Like, I used to wear the nails. That stuff broke my nails. I didn't like that, so I didn't do that. And being in sports, that just never really worked out. It just out. doesn't work. Yeah. And so. And, yeah. Yeah. And that that whole um, natural movement going on with, like, a natural hair and everything, like, I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, man, I believe in it. Like, especially with, like, black women, it's like, you know that there's a reason. Why why do we want our hair straight, you know? Yeah. And we're, we're, we're like, altering, like, how we naturally come. Like, our hair is kinky, and that's how it is. And it's different kinds of kink or whatever, you know, but... I don't know, people have their reasons for why they wear their hair a certain way. Um, but one thing that I really felt like, okay, well, putting chemicals in my hair breaks off my hair. Yeah. And it's not healthy. Yeah. You know? And so just that basic, you know, piece right there, like, motivates me to, like, okay, I want my hair to be healthy right. how it is. Right. You know? Um, and not feeling like I want to keep up with any other way and yes mm-hmm. weave is expensive super expensive man holy shit there's so many ways to put it in too you sew it in you glue that <laughs> shit in it's like what the fuck mm-hmm. yeah you just gotta like accept yourself and for the people who like those things like that's like i'm not gonna hate on anybody like if you like those things but like what is your reasoning i guess is my question you know what i mean yeah like do you feel like like do you feel less without those things or like you're like do you just like those things sometimes you know what i mean yeah. like you know yeah i don't know i guess it's complex and nuanced yeah, but in in general i just i just don't understand it yeah i mean that's what i would ask you know is like you know the intent behind it you know just making sure that you are comfortable with how you come you know if yeah. you want to do other things because you like to do those things but you're still okay with what's underneath it you know that's fine but are yeah. you doing it to like because you're trying to fit the image of something that you're, you know, see, want to see in yourself, you know, for whatever reason, you know, then that's like one of those things like, all right, think, think a little deep about it, you know. Right, right. Get to the root of it. Well, yeah, what is the cause? Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, fuck, I had a statement. I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. I don't know, but fuck it, man. Well, Brittany, we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's been a good conversation yeah how can people get a hold of you is there anything you want to plug anything you want to plug how can people get a hold of you say hi whatever you want oh well floor is yours no well i am on social media i'm there but i'm not there (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, I'm here. Um, well, uh, my Instagram's the quiet storm underscore MMA. Um, Twitter is the same. Um, I am on Facebook as Brittany Cloudy. Yeah, so you can follow me there. Um, I have all that in the links. Yeah. I hope to, because um, I, I, I too have been thinking about like, how can I use social media to like, you know, like, I have all these thoughts that I keep to myself, you know, and I don't really share it. Yeah, start sharing them. Yeah, I know. So it's like, okay, I guess I should share them. But then it's like, yeah, okay. Because um, I'm still kind of like reluctant to like be, I don't want to be too, you know, engulfed into like, I don't want to be that person who's always on my phone, you know. know. But like, this is like a big part of it like with fighting it's just you have to post it. pictures and do everything so i'm like i could probably go without that or but you know that's a part of the process but i was just definitely thinking about um some things that i wanted to do with social media as far as like you know also pushing out that you know that need for mental wellness as well as the physical wellness that i you know plan on pushing out there yeah so you look forward to something like that coming from me eventually. Yeah, just start using it as a platform to teach people. Yeah, I'm um, also still, I am in the works of writing. I like to write. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I guess I'll write before I talk because um, I feel like I can get my thoughts together more. But, um, yeah, so I, I plan on, fin I'm going to finish that. And I'm, I'm, my one goal that I have is to publish this book that I've been working on. Okay. So we've been working on that too. How long have you been working on it? A little bit? Um, well, I like poetry, so it's a collection of poetry that I've been writing. So some of my some of the poetry I've written a little while ago and I've included, but I will say that within this last like six months I've been really like putting it together and piecing it together. That's dope. You know. Um, I think, you know, like I said earlier, everyone has a story and um one part of like being authentic is being vulnerable mm -hmm. and I like poetry is poetry is my way of being vulnerable um so I look to pour it all out there in this book and mm, you know, I love one it. day publish it you have to publish it and then come back and we'll talk about it yeah so that means you have to publish it soon yeah well I still have <laughs> I still I still have a, some more to go like, yeah I can dig it still have some more to go good stuff yeah. all right Brittany all right it's been a pleasure. Until next time, everybody. Yeah.